Telling us, boys, I won't have a problem if you aim high and miss, but I'm going to have a real issue if you aim low and hit. That you get nothing for coming in last. And by the way, you can't just have it because you want it. He said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. Hey guys, welcome back to season two, episode two of Lucrative Lessons with your boy Kyle Barger from Columbus, Ohio. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Trey Spiller from Denver, Colorado. Awesome. So, welcome back, Trey. We missed you last week, but uh, good continuation from our goal setting podcast to empowering you with the ability to say no. So, what we want to start off with today is this is a great follow up from, like we said, last week's goal setting. When you know your goals, you know your focus, you know what you're working toward, it's so much easier for you to understand when uh, you face a crossroads or a decision or somebody's asking for your time or talents. Whether saying yes or saying no will take you one step closer to your goals or one step further away. Yeah, guys, I I have quite a bit of experience with the the ability to say no. The beginning of my uh, career with the, the software company that I run now, um, I had to say yes to everything. Unfortunately, you know that's kind of how it goes when you're starting up a company. Um, is you're getting to a point where you have to be able to grow your business. So taking on as many projects as we could was our ultimate objective to bring as much billables in the door. Um, what we have the ability now is this leverage point where we can say no and really evaluate which project is going to be better for our company. So it is really important for us to understand, um, that we, we had analyze what project is doing what and, um, what, project is going to make us in the long run, uh, the most money for our company and the most bang for our buck. So the ability to say no really comes when I believe this is what I personally believe when you have leverage, when you have the capability of uh, evaluating multiple projects. And that's, that's really what, what's worked out best for us. So I think as you get started as a young entrepreneur, um, your ability to say no could hinder you from being able to get into a long growth strategy uh, to where you can um, start picking up more and more people. But we find we've found out that um, now we can leverage other people's time in order to pick up those projects that we would have originally say no to or yes to. Yeah, I, I think that's great advice, Trey. So, so especially as a young entrepreneur, when you're first starting out, a lot of times it's just you or a very small team. So, you know, you mm-hmm. saying yes is taking up your bandwidth. It's taking up your team's bandwidth, but you usually don't have the luxury of saying no to a lot of business or to a lot of opportunities because you need to just get out there, spread the word of your business. But if you're not careful, that's going to inhibit your ability to grow. You're constantly going to be the person saying yes to all these decisions, not being able to make these more macro decisions and thinking big picture. So as you, uh, again, gain this leverage, as Trey is talking about, as you focus on bringing the right people on your team, then you can either delegate some of these tasks that were taking up your bandwidth, or you can start just getting smarter about your time and saying no, based on does this take you one step closer or one step further away from your goals? Yeah, yeah, Kyle. And you actually brought it up at the beginning of the podcast here. It's like, I want to say yes to everything because you want to please everyone early on. But sometimes saying no to your client or to your friend and really setting the expectation early on um, will lead you to better places uh, going forward, right? If you really set the expectation up front with your client or your friend or whatever it is, hey, no, I'm really not available right now. I want to do a good quality job for you. I don't want to get stretched too thin. 
Um, and I really have a hard time with that as, as I go forward. I want to say yes to everyone, please everyone. But sometimes if you stretch yourself too thin, the quality of your job and the quality of your work really gets diminished. And it's, it, it's very transparent to people. So um, I, I think you really got to evaluate sometimes what you're saying yes to and what you're going to say no to and what the, the really value of what you're going to be picking up is. So Trey, great point. One thing that I, I like to use as an analogy here is a lot of times we have scarcity or abundance mentalities based on different resources. So for me, uh, growing up, money was a scarcity thing. So uh, I would base a lot of my decisions based on how much it cost or uh, things like that. So as we get older, we should be looking at our time like that to a hundredth degree more than, than money. But it's so often that we're focused on, you know, we don't want to say no because we don't want to seem confrontational. We, want, we don't want to seem aggressive. We don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. But if we're being honest, that's probably the, the resource we should be the most yep. selfish about. So if you find in your life, you're like, hey, I can't do that activity because it costs too much money. I can't, you know, participate in this because it costs too much money. Think of your time in the same sense where if you're going to be asked to do something and it takes away uh, a non-renewable resource, then, you know, we should be very selfish and very picky about what we're doing with that. So whether it's, whether it's money, whether it's food, find something that you have some type of scarcity mindset that you can, you know, analyze how that impacts your decision-making. Look at your time like that times a hundred. Oh yeah. I, I couldn't, you're, you're spot on there. Um, I just joined a, a community planning board and technology is always at the forefront, especially with some of the uh, processes and the redundancy that they deal with and being able to review what the community needs and all that stuff. And this is all pro bono work. So whenever I step back and say, can I take this on? I probably should have said no to it. But I think in the long run, I, I'm kind of a maybe at this point of being able to truly uh, put the best insights into the community because it's really important for my family, for our future growth of our property valuations and things like that to really help out the community around us. So whenever I was looking at it, I was like, I think I can dedicate enough time and maybe leverage other people's time to at least point them in the right direction to help the community grow. But when I look at it, uh, as I step back from it, I'm like, I really don't have time. I mean, I hardly had time really that week to uh, pick up half of the the, uh, the work that I did with my software uh, work. So it was one of those things where I probably should have said no and waited a year until we stabilized a little bit more because we're going through a lot of uh, a lot of big change, good change for us. But um, you know what? I signed up for it, so I, I'm solely responsible. But it just means uh, more 16 hour days for me at at yeah. this time. But but Absolutely it's, right. It's a lesson learned for me. It's like I did not step back and say no to something, but now I've I've signed up for it. So I really need to put in my full effort to make sure that they get the quality that they're looking for me. So it's it's definitely something that I I have learned from myself as I grow. That's I should have said no, maybe waited a little bit longer. That opportunity is always going to be there for me each year as I move forward. So. Right. And, and a couple of things to think about too, is, is you gotta, you know, saying no is just like working any muscle. It takes practice. It, it, it's very difficult at first. A lot of times, if especially you're a people pleaser, you're somebody who just wants to make other people happy, or you're always kind of pandering to other people's thoughts, being able to say no can, can add stress to your own life. But 
think of it this way. If you say no to somebody, you don't have to sugarcoat that. You don't have to offer an explanation. Like, yes, that can come off abrasive if, if that's how somebody's not used to dealing with you. But I promise if it's somebody who truly cares about you, your time, and wants to, to be around you, they'll either follow up with a question of like, hey, is everything okay? And you just have to, you know, then you can sugarcoat it. Or they're going to say, okay, noted, no big deal. And, and a lot of times too, we we, we create the slippery slope when we say yes to one thing, then it's easier for somebody to keep asking for the same thing or to make a bigger ass next time. So it's almost like we dig our hole by trying to, you know, say yes and please other people. But then these asks can get bigger and bigger, more time consuming and take up more of your resources. Yeah, I, I got a primary example of this. Uh, hopefully you guys can relate to this, but I have a client, we have a contract with them. We're going to pay you on net five terms at the end of the month, right? So you're looking at net 35, right? He comes and asks me, hey, can you, uh, can you give me money up front? Well, no, we, uh, we have a contract that says, but I so easily, because it's not much money out of my pocket and I want to please them so much, but what does that do down the road, right? He's going to ask for more and more and more until I have to say no, right? So it's like, I want to please them. I know it's, it's probably not much of a loss to us up front. We know we're going to recoup the money, but we technically shouldn't do it. I mean, it's in our contract and we discussed it verbally many of times with the entire team. But I myself had to pull myself out of the situation and not try to please these people and say, no, it's in our contract. You need to really revert back here. So um, yeah, it's things like that that you can probably relate to if you've had a client that asks you for maybe money up front or they ask you for time up front or can you do this for free just or and evaluate this? Uh, you've really got to evaluate. Um, is that going to extend the longevity of the client. What is your client worth to you in the long run? What is your customer valuation uh, to you on a long-term purpose? So it's like where you, you kind of have to evaluate it. It's like, how important is this, is my time and how important is this client worth to me, uh, to my company? Totally. And, and that's a very great example. So when you start with a client, a lot of times we're so eager to please that client because we almost feel like, Hey, we finally got a fish on the hook. We don't want to let this one go, but I promise you, if you say no up front, that's a much easier no than after you've said yes 20 times down the road. And then you have to say no on something they're expecting and you're essentially pulling the rug out from under them. So the first no is so much easier than the 25th yes, that becomes a no. And one thing that I love to do to almost paint the picture in my favor for customer service is if it is something that I'm okay with doing, you can say no at first. And then when you come back and either offer that service, you've already set a boundary and drawn a line, but now you look as if you're going above and beyond to meet them with their needs or to provide a customer service item that they need. And it actually makes you look like a better partner. So if anything, use that tactic in your mind, knowing that maybe eventually you're going to say yes, or you're going to give them what they're asking for, but you're saying no upfront, setting that boundary, managing that expectation. And then you come in like the white knight to save the day and offer something a little extra for them. Yeah. Yeah. You couldn't, couldn't put it, uh, any better right there, but, um, yeah, less lesson really learned for me is, uh, make sure you set that expectation and, uh, yeah, <laughs> set the boundaries. Right. So yeah. You right. Have to. Yeah. Now one other thing to think about guys, the whole reason why we work, we work for ourselves, we start these businesses is so that way we can essentially get freedom in our personal life, whether that's making money for financial freedom, whether it's the ability to set our own schedule to have schedule freedom. Essentially, what is the point of working? The, the idea is to retire and to be able to enjoy ourselves and not have these obligations and to have a, a few ducats in the bank so that way we can you know, enjoy our life. But so often are we sacrificing 
our personal for our professional. And I really want to repeat this so this sinks in. If you find yourself at these crossroads and making these decisions where your personal life is suffering because you're making these decisions, you're pandering to somebody else, you don't have the ability to say no, remember why you're working. Remember why you have your job. Remember why you're busting your butt is essentially to get that freedom, whether it's retirement, whether it's the weekends, whether it's a vacation. Mm -hmm. So it seems counterintuitive when you look at it from that perspective that we would sacrifice personal time with our family, uh, our personal dollars, any of these things that affect our personal life for our professional gain. And you know, one of the things that I learned is I worked for a, a company for 10 years and I missed weddings. I missed family birthdays. I missed, uh, I didn't take all my vacation days. I kept thinking, Hey, if I make these sacrifices, you know, I'll say yes to every opportunity that comes my way. These guys are going to remember me at bonus time. They're going to remember me at my five-year mark, my 10 year mark. Well, I guarantee it. Those feelings were so yeah. strong for me, but when I hit my 10 year mark and I, you know, had family issues and, and, you know, personal reasons to leave the company, I was given an hour to clean out my desk and to make some calls to clients that were good friends of mine just to tell them what was going on. So, you know, I promise a lot of times you're building this narrative in your head that you're making these sacrifices for the greater good for the company. But at the end of the day, you're just a replaceable asset to them. And Kyle, you, it's an amazing point, guys. And, and I work in human capital management, what they call this. And all of those lessons learned that because you're going to do these jobs, right? You're going to have the same story that Kyle just told. I'm going to put in all this extra time, sacrifices. But you know what? When you're building your company, you better make sure you don't do that for your employees, right? You better remember all the sacrifices that your employees make and make sure that they're rewarded with it, right? Every one of my employees that come on, um, I always offer a partnership at the end of the goal, right? If you can show to me and prove your worth, let's do it, right? Let's all make money together and show that your sacrifices at the end of the, of the road are going to help benefit everyone uh, mutually within the company. So remember what you're doing for these companies that you want to get away from and how poorly they treat you and do not do it at your new company. Um, so that, that's all I can really recommend is, uh, I've learned a lot from them. And just to your point, I did this for a very large consulting firm. One of the big four, I, I sacrificed, I told them, I promised them, I did everything, bend over backwards. Guess what they did in return. Here's, uh, here's your, uh, PTO pay and, uh, we'll see you out the door. So now I'm coming after them, but <laughs> a, a little bit of a vengeance. So you shouldn't do that either. That's great advice, Trey, because just like we say, when you work for somebody else who doesn't value your personal sacrifice, when you become that employer, when you, be, you get in a position where you're hiring and empowering other people in your company, you want to make sure you're seeing it from the right perspective. And the reason why is you actually get more productivity. You get more out of your teammates when you actually focus on their personal life. You focus on their personal growth. You don't allow them to make those sacrifices for your company because eventually they become resentful uh, of you, your company, those things. So that helps just create an overall buy-in. That, that gets people who aren't just showing up to say, hey, my hours are eight to five. I'm not working anything outside of that. You pay me to do one job. I'm not doing anything else. They, they get that buy-in and they see your mission and they make it their own mission. And then yeah. if they start making some of those sacrifices, it's your job as a leader, a manager, as a business owner to make sure that they're not making too many of those personal sacrifices for your benefit. Yeah. And again, it's understanding your people, understanding their performance, what their goals are. I, I've had employees that I'm like, I want you to do this. I want you to become a partner. I want you to grow with us and all this. She's like, I, I don't want to do that. I just, I just want to do configuration. And I'm like, I had to step back. I'm like, so she doesn't want to make more money. She doesn't, she just... She doesn't want to do that. That's crazy to me, right? But that's where you have to understand your employees, right? She said no to me, which is very good up front, right? And now I understand her expectations. So 
now I know going forward, like I just want to make her enjoy her work as much as possible, send her the mundane stuff that she loves doing that I hate doing. And now we have a great mutual relationship, right? So that's where you have to understand your employees, set those expectations up front, get a vibe from them, get a sense of what they want to do for your company and where they can be most valued uh, to your company. And and, and I, I want to elaborate on that a little bit. It's like, if you place a software developer doing sales at your company, he's not going to be successful, right? If you try to mold them into that, something that he doesn't want to do or something that they're not good at, they're not going to be successful. So make sure whenever you're looking at your employees, get an understanding of what they want to do, what makes them happy, and how they're going to be um, generating revenue for your company in the most beneficial way. So really evaluating what their position is within the company and make sure they're damn good at what they do and they enjoy doing it. Because in the long run, they're going to be very, uh, very powerful for your company, especially in startup Oh my gosh, it pays huge dividends to make sure that they do what they want to do. So so that that's a very good leadership type perspective of of getting people in the right positions to set them up for success. But but if you think of it from the topic we're talking about with empowering people to say no, you're essentially looking out for your employees so they don't even have to be faced with these constant decisions to try to say no to you, right? Because mm-hmm. whether you're the employee where you feel obligated to say yes to everything, otherwise you're not, you know, carrying your weight, you're not doing your part for the team. Or if you're the employer where you're trying to either protect your personal boundaries from commitments or being able to empower the people below you who may not feel comfortable or confident to say no. Now, here are a few tips to uh, effectively say no. Uh, first thing is, again, you got to practice this. You got to get good at saying no and not sugarcoating it. You know, hey, uh, are you able to come help me move this weekend? Not just, no, I really can't because I have to babysit my sister's kid and then let the dog. <laughs> like, Nobody cares about that, right? Just get yeah. get good at saying, no, I'm sorry, I can't. That's very, that, that, that's perfectly fine. Also, when you do that, you got to be assertive, but be, be courteous, right? So if somebody says, hey, do you want to hang out this weekend? If you're just like, no, like, okay, well, you know, maybe that can question a relationship you have with somebody. But if you're like, hey, no, I don't think I can make it. Thanks anyway. You know, that, that's totally fine. So you can, you can factor in the other person's feelings without having to give them 10 excuses, explain your life, explain your logic. And that's something I'm definitely guilty of. And then also understand people's tactics, right? There are some people and salesmen are so good at this. Think about the times where you've had a telemarketer or somebody call you and they're able to say something to trigger a thought in your head. And then they've just now rambled on for four minutes so fast that you have no ability to get a word in. Like just understand there are certain people out there that yes, they want your time. Yes, they want your attention. Yes, they want your money. But you know their their motives may not be the best. Like the worst one I ever had was some guy called, and I do a ton of philanthropy work, and he was raising money for uh, a homeless charity. And obviously, like that's something I connect with. So it was like so hard for me to just say no to this guy. But you know, he had tactics where he almost made you feel bad if you weren't going to donate. And then he even did his homework to be like, Hey, I understand you have a charity for the homeless. So he even like quartered me to be like, Hey, if you don't donate for this, like you don't, you don't live your mission. So, you know, just understand there's people who are really good at, at preventing you from saying no. So just be assertive with that. Also set boundaries. That's something where, again, this is so much easier to do at the beginning of a relationship, whether this is dating, your personal life, your professional life. When you first meet somebody, just like in a job interview, if you say, hey, these are my non-negotiables, that's been now set in stone. It's just like putting something in a contract as opposed to after you sign a client and you don't have a contract in place, now you want to go back and negotiate some of these things. It's so much easier to say, well, hey, 
we started business doing it this way. Like you can't just change this now, but if you spell a lot of these things out at the beginning, that really sets boundaries and, and manages expectations. And part of that too is being prepared enough to understand what your boundaries are. Yeah. Take five or 10 minutes and write those out. Just like whether you're dating, whether you're taking a job, any of these things, if you have non-negotiables and you go into this job and they're going to pay you your, your salary, it's going to have all these wonderful things, but they say, hey, you have to work on weekends and you know that that's sacred time for you and your family, you should just know that that's not the right opportunity for you. You shouldn't sacrifice or settle for some of these things. And again, that's just like the goal setting episode last week where you can clearly identify what your motives and objectives are. And this job, this opportunity, this friendship, this relationship is either going to take you one step closer or one step further away. It's binary at that point. It's not just, hey, like maybe this works, maybe this doesn't. It is this clearly takes me one step closer to my goal or one step further away. Also, be firm, right? So being assertive, put the question back on the person asking, right? If they're making a tough ask, you can, you can boomerang that thing back. And a lot of times they'll either understand how difficult of an ask that might be, or if they weren't willing to do the same for you, then that seems pretty one-sided. And if they say, absolutely, I got your back, that's somebody you want to help out a little bit more as opposed to somebody like, hey, can't help you out with that task because blah, 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 I'm so busy. Well, there's their no, right? So get better at saying it. And then the last thing is just be selfish with your time. This is the only non-renewable resource we have. If we're all working our butts off to get to retirement or to save this money or to plan for this vacation, again, we can all be hit by a bus tomorrow. So all this planning and all this putting things off and, and you know, oh, I got to save my money for this trip or I got to save my money for retirement or, you know, I'm just going to keep sacrificing my time. We don't know when that time's going to run out, guys. So, so be selfish with your time. Do things that aren't just a yes or a maybe, but do things that are a hell yes. And until you spell out your goals and what's important to you, it's a lot easier to know what that hell yes opportunity is. That's why he's my partner. He says it very well. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Awesome, brother. Well, so those were the tips that I wanted to go through. Do you have anything else to add or maybe an example of uh, an instance where it's been very difficult for you to say no to a, a commitment? Well, yeah, yeah. So I have a, a client that I work for that um, it was a painstaking project that uh, that we're actually still working on. We're finally about to go live on it, but um, it was a lot of this is not in the original requirements, right? So we write all these requirement docs. Boom, 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 boom. This is what needs to be done. Well, they have a hard time writing requirements at times because they don't know truly what they want. So I say, okay, I did X, Y, and Z for you. But they're like, can you bend over backwards for this now? Can you go do this? Can you go do this? I'm like, you know what, guys? I, I know the amount of time that it was going to take me, but I want to have that in my pocket. I have that as leverage now that's saying, you remember when I helped you guys out on this one project? Don't throw me on the bus on this other project because I'm going to help you guys out right now. Even though it wasn't your requirements, I could put you back into the ringer and put you back in the project uh, pipeline. So those are the types of things where I negotiated a little bit and said, I'm going to do this for you guys outside of the scope. And what you guys are going to do is help me out when we get into a bind on a new project that the requirements can't be met or I cannot solve those in, in this given amount of time. I want to leverage that position that I gave to them uh, earlier on in the project. So those are just some things that I learned as I go forward and really helping out the client and saying, listen, I'm going to help you out as opposed to it's going to expend 40 more hours of their time to go back into pipeline and rewrite the requirements. So little things like that I can negotiate on because I knew it wouldn't take me much longer, but truly I shouldn't have done it. So we have an off paper agreement that's saying, hey, you guys remember when I did that for you? 
let's go ahead and do that. Just like you were saying earlier. So really, really make sure that uh, you evaluate outside of requirements. Uh, if it's if it's really going to break your back, don't do it. Obviously, put it back into uh, requirements and make them really submit it formally. Or if it's not going to take you a lot of time, you know how to do it already, then go ahead and uh, you know stash that one in your pocket for later. Right. Yeah. And look, I'll, I'll finish with an example that it, I have. So to me, ever since I started uh, training in a gym, I realized how much I enjoyed helping other people. So now I look at almost every opportunity as an ability to connect or help somebody else. That has made it so hard for me to say no. Now, where that creates conflict in my life is I'm constantly saying yes to every opportunity the universe brings my way, but then I'm forgetting to put those commitments in my schedule. I'm double booking certain times. Those are, to me, are bigger letdowns than the opportunity I am to help somebody. So in effect, like, yes, I'm helping people. I'm giving my time very freely, but I'm also like hurting people or disrupting their schedule or their time, not respecting their time because I'm constantly overbooking myself. And if I'm being honest, like philanthropy is such a big thing for me when I'm constantly saying yes to my time for make a day and I'm not putting my time into champion trading group and making money, then it actually hurts my ability to help as many homeless people or as many, you know, charitable people that we want to, because yes, I'm giving my time, I'm putting my resources out there, but now my steel company is making less money, less resources that would allow me to have a much wider scope to scope to hire more people for that cause to, you know, be able to cut a bigger check to, to feed more people. So, you know, again, focus on these priorities and understand if you're saying yes to certain things or putting eggs into one basket, it's got to be taking eggs away from something else. And, and for a lot of us entrepreneurs, that's our family, right? We're so busy working. We're constantly working. We're dialed in. We're saying yes to all of our clients, but are we saying yes to our wife? Are we saying yes to our husband? Are we saying yes to our kids? How often are these yeses we're making? sacrificing the personal. And that's where I want to bring you back. Never, ever, ever let professional trump personal. Because at the end of the day, the reason why we get out of bed is to be able to save money for that retirement, to provide for our families, to ultimately have that freedom in our personal life. Absolutely. So I, I am going to make an on-air apology to uh, Mr. Barger himself. So because I did overbook myself, and uh, I want this on record. So, <laughs> uh, so if he ever comes back to me, I'd be like, I did apologize for this, but but truly, uh, I am sorry. We uh, I do value uh, Kyle's time. We should all value our colleagues' time. Um, so whenever you do overcommit, really understand that their time is just as valuable as yours. And uh, you know, again. Uh, you know, friend to friend, we, we got to make sure that, uh, that I don't do that again. So I do apologize, uh, for those. So it is on record now, uh, for all of our listeners. <laughs> hey, well, I'm just going to edit that part yeah. out, but you can't, you, <laughs> oh, oh, you can't edit that out. We got to keep it on there. It's for the record. I appreciate you saying that, man. So, but guys, we really enjoyed you joining us for season two. It is officially on record now. Yeah, <laughs> it is officially on record. So guys, thanks again for joining us. Season two, episode two, lucrative lessons. I hope this gave you some tips on saying no, a better perspective on your time, other people's time. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next time. Hey guys, thanks for listening to another episode of Lucrative Lessons. We hope you learned something today. Remember, subscribe on iTunes. If we earned your five-star review, please leave one. Helps for visibility. Also, you can check out more at llpcast.com. All proceeds go to our 501c3 nonprofit, the Make-A-Day Foundation, where you can find more at makeaday.fun. We'll catch you next time.